So, Joe, it's your fault we don't have any bloopers because you did this entire episode so well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I've ever Uh, messed up that many times in one episode, but I'll take it. I don't know how it happened, and I don't know if you're going to believe me in in a second from now. Are you ready? Are you really, really (laughs) ready? Can I just say it again? Are you ready? Are you ready, really, really? Are you ready? Are you really, 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 really? Are you ready? Massive amounts of dower. Massive amounts. Massive amounts of damage. Massive amounts of dower. Leave me alone, Rob. Hey, Rob, what do you call uh, a number that just keeps falling into a big black pit and never stops? What? Your trophy count. Oh. Got him. Welcome to Cast Rail, the Clash Rail podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss the ultimate hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. Episode 46, man. Four, six. Boom. How you doing, man? I'm good. It feels good to be back. Now I feel like, you know, we're back in like a regular schedule, you know? Yeah, it was actually funny. I feel like now that we didn't have that like short hiatus between episodes, this one actually came up pretty quick, even though there was like two weeks in between it. I know. I kind of don't really know how it showed up so quickly in our calendar. (laughs) Kind of at a loss for words for that. But it does feel good to be back in front of the mic with you once again. So with that said, you want to dive right in? Let's do it. How has your week in the arena been going? Week's been really good, man. So... I'm obviously still playing the Mortar Mauler because it is the only deck that I can use at the trophy level that I'm at, which currently is 4,900 trophies. So I just got back to Master 1, and I think that that is due in part because I finally, finally, finally got my rocket to level 10. Wow. Can I just tell you, this is my first level 10 rare. Can I just tell you what kind of a struggle it is? Like, if you're not, if you're a free-to-play player, It is tremendously tough to get a level 10 rare card because it just takes forever. 800 rares to get to level 10 and then level 11 is a thousand rare cards. I can't even comprehend that right now. How much does it cost? So it's 50,000 gold to get to 10 and it's 100,000 gold to get to 11. So I had the gold stashed up for level 10 and now I don't know if I'm going to do, if I'm going to like try. I feel like it's like a really big commitment to try and get a level 11 rare. So I'm tr- I think I'm going to try and put that off a little bit because um, <laughs> I'm just not mentally ready for it. So I'm happy with my level 10 rocket and it is doing big things. I feel like your pockets are loaded with coins right now. No, right now. I think I'm sitting at like 78,000 because I don't know, man. I, I, I don't just upgrade all of my cards. I just save all of my gold for specific cards in my mortar mauler deck that i can level Mm. up yeah it's fair point i feel like sometimes uh when i'm playing challenges especially that don't cap everything for you uh when i try and use a specific card i'll go in and just randomly upgrade it to like where it's a usable level uh so that's primarily where my uh where my gold winds up going but uh i i know the struggle i am holding out for uh upgrading my ice spirit i don't have enough gold yet but i'm close super close to what level 12 oh that's a big one i think we were talking about that last episode right like you were trying to decide between your arrows and your ice spirit well now the time has come to upgrade the ice spirit so wait did you already upgrade the arrows to level 12 of course boom dude so you're just making moves here i didn't tell you oh i thought i told you Nah, you don't tell me anything. We just talk about random stuff in the game all the time, and you just decided to leave out the important things. Well, that's true. Well, if I tell you you prior to the show, then I don't have anything to tell you now. If so, facto. Exactly. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, 
Yeah, like I like I said, I'm working on my uh, level twelve ice spirit. Um, I am starting to request rockets because, like you said, the climb to level ten is just astronomical, and I'm hovering around forty four hundred trophies. So not amazing, but also not terrible. So I'll take it. Yeah, man, that's pretty good. Have you been playing two v twos? A little bit more than normal, yeah, but not as much as I'd like, just because the ladder always pulls me in so I, I can't seem to get away from it as much as i hate it sometimes i know i'm addicted to clicking that battle button but i have to say this week i have just been playing so much 2v2s and i am loving it well you did send me a request to uh to play a 2v2 and i was like really wow i'm impressed i thought that you were gonna like try usually you try and like uh you know, bat- you try and go for like a battle with me and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do this with him right now. <laughs> like it's just so <laughs> much energy. And then now I see the 2v2 request come through and I'm just like, hmm, all right, I could do this. I got, you know, I got to switch it up a little bit, man. It can't always be so predictable. Got to keep you on your toes. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I appreciate that. But dude, get this. I'm getting it. I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready because what I'm about to tell you is almost the unthinkable. Cast Royale 2 made it to the local leaderboards. Ooh. We were ranked 173 in the local leaderboards. Can you believe it, dude? That's amazing. I do believe it. Man, I got to tell you, like everybody in the clan was just like super excited when we were like close to the leaderboard. And we we're like, oh, guys, mm-hmm. we're like 200 trophies away. And if we just push a little bit higher, we'll get there. And all of a sudden, everybody from the clan that that was on they were just like oh i need to get some tr- i need to get more trophies so that we can be ranked we got ranked and it was just such a tremendously cool feeling dude we've never been ranked before and to be honest none of us even care if we ever get ranked again but it was mm-hmm. just so cool to see like the t- like the team kind of came together and everyone was just like so proud of each other and it's just cool to see that like a group of casual players can just grow and get better at the game with time and, you know, obviously having higher levels of your cards helps that over time. But, you know, you just get better and learn together at the game and you can grow. And, you know, jo- joining the local uh, leaderboard was pretty cool. I think we were ranked 173rd. So, you know, not the top of the leaderboard, but we made it. Certainly not the bottom, that's for sure. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, Casper Royale uh, won. Is not doing too bad. We're not on the leaderboard yet, but we're working on it. I, I think we need like maybe a, just a couple thousand more trophies to get there. So eventually, I feel like that's going to happen, right? It, it's kind of, it kind of feels like it needs to. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. You guys are, you guys are no different than us. I, I think what happened this time is that we just got our trophies quicker. And so because we got them quicker, we kind of all hit our caps at once. So I'm right. sure it's going to kind of fall off soon, but it was just super cool to see it. Yeah, no, dude, I'm uh, extremely proud of you and uh, everyone in Cast Royale, too. Way to, uh, way to rock out that ladder, guys and gals. Boom. All right, so uh, you got anything else for this week? Are you done tooting your clan's horn over there? Tooting the horn, baby. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. All right, so there was a bit of news, a little bit. Um, we had a pretty interesting challenge come out this week. It was the Flying Machine Challenge. And it was a draft challenge, right? Um, and as usual, the rewards uh, centered around a lot of gold, pretty sweet chests. You needed eight wins to unlock the card, um, and then 12 wins to get 100 of them. So, how'd you do? Can I just simply say that I did absolutely terribly? You can say that because I'll be right behind you uh, saying the exact same thing. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I've ever done worse in any, any, any challenge. I tried my free my free you know entry and i got Mm -hmm. one win and then lost three straight it got to the point like it happened so quickly and so abruptly that i didn't even try for another time (laughs) well to be fair would you have spent 100 gems to try that again well no that's another thing right like because it was 100 gems i was just like well there's absolutely no way i'm trying this again because i only have 500 gems stored right now right and if I just did that terribly the first time around, what are the chances that I'm going to get eight wins the next time? So if I would have done better the first time around, maybe I would have done it again. But, you know, for 100 gems, I can just I can think of other things to do with 100 gems. I feel like I'll get the rare card eventually. It's not like it's, 
you know, an epic card or a legendary card that I'm going to, you know, really wait a long time to get. I think with commons and rares, I'll get that eventually anyway. So for me to like waste a hundred gems, not waste, right? Because like, it's possible that I could get the card. Right, 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 right. No, I get it. If I lose that bad again, then I'm wasting it. What's the point? Yeah. Um, I mean, I did, uh, pretty terrible too. I didn't, uh, I didn't do as bad. I think I got four wins and then three straight losses. So I actually had a lot of confidence. Uh, obviously once, once you get four wins, you're like, all right, maybe I, maybe I could do this. And then the first loss happens and you're like, Hmm. All right. That was a fluke. Let's try another one. Oh, a second loss. Hmm. Something weird is going on here. And then already in my head, as that's happening, I'm like, I know I'm going to lose the last game, but I, I agree with you, man. A hundred gems. I don't know what it is about charging a hundred gems for a rare cards challenge. I just don't like it. And I've said this before and people can argue with me that, well, it's all about the rewards and you get a lot of gold and you get some good chests and stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. But like they decide to make these challenges like that. If they just made it 10 gems, you and I wouldn't have thought twice about playing again. We would have given them probably 60 gems, in which case this time around, we decided not to give them a whole hundred, which I think is a bad business plan. Yeah, no, I, I get it, right? Like <clears throat> from, from, from your perspective and even from mine, like if it was 10 gems, sure, the one-time rewards would be less, but I'd rather have less one-time rewards and more opportunities to get the card. Like this kind of made me feel like hesitant to do the challenge after the free entry and because of that like you said i didn't spend any gems where i would have at least spent 50 like at least right i would have tried at least i didn't think at least i didn't think twice when the what was it the um the mega knight challenge was out and it was the 2v2 draft challenge and it was 10 gems to enter i didn't think twice and that right there is a perfect example why is it that uh, uh, i i maybe I'm about to answer my own question. It's probably because of the rewards, right? That's what we're saying. But like you have a challenge with a legendary that costs 10 gems versus a challenge with a rare card that costs a hundred gems. And correct me if I'm wrong. I actually don't remember this, but weren't there only two rewards before you got the card unlock reward? No, I think there were like three. Okay. So let's say that that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, Let's say you make it to six wins. Are you really going to spend 100 gems to try and get to eight wins just to unlock a rare card after you've already unlocked the one-time rewards? I just, I don't see it. I don't understand the logic there. So for me, this challenge was, um, if we were doing a, a boom it or move it section, this would be a, a solid all caps move. Yeah, I mean, I know I just mentioned this before, right? But the, the, the 2v2 Mega Knight challenge, that was a draft challenge. The top prize for that challenge was i think 50 cards and 1100 gold or right around a thousand gold so like at the end of the day nobody was playing that challenge for the one for the end gold or for the great one-time rewards throughout sure the one-time rewards were cool but at the end of the day people were playing one to play with the mega knight and two to try and get the legendary chest that was at the end of the road right Mm -hmm. i feel like a hundred gems for this was just not the right play but i mean hey i I don't know how how many people played it i don't know how many people spent gems versus didn't spend gems but i can only talk from our perspective just because that's all we know and it just it didn't feel like the others have felt in the past yeah and i'm sure i'm sure there were many many people that spend gems so that doesn't go to help what what we're pushing for which is um maybe smaller rewards with a smaller entry fee would be much more appreciated. But I feel like I could give a much better opinion if I win a challenge for the first time ever in my life and then say I didn't like it because I feel like I'm always, I feel like I'm just naturally always negative towards these challenges because I never win them. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I mean, you're not the only one. So I mean, like I didn't win this challenge at all and I feel the same way. And I typically don't win all of them on the first try, but usually after a bunch of tries, I'll, I'll do pretty decent in the challenges. And I would just rather play them more so I can figure them out, right? Like yes. I've, I'm never really that good on the first one, but over time I kind of figure it out, but I can only do that if I have the gems to play them. So I don't know. I just, I'm not going to harp on it. I, I just feel like 10 gems for an entry and lower one-time rewards 
would have been cool, seeing as this is just a rare card. Right. Or, or, and then after this, we can move on. Maybe they do two different versions of the challenge, a 10 gem one and a 100 gem one. Totally agree. Have a massive reward system for the 100 gem one, and then a 10 gem one is going to be, you know, just so you could join the crowd and unlock the card. I get it. Not everyone should be able to unlock the card early. Otherwise, why not just release it, you know, way earlier? Um, but it's still a challenge. Like, if you needed to get five wins, that's much, that's much more doable for 10 gems and unlock three of the card. Yeah, but at the same time, you, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't change how many wins you need to get. It should just change how much the entry cost is. So if it's the same exact challenge, it should be the same exact amount of wins to get the card. It's just you obviously get more of them and better rewards with the hundred cost challenge. All right, so that's fair. Let that's our idea then. A ten gem entry cost challenge that has twelve wins, and then the card would have unlocked on eight like normal. But all of the other rewards would have been much, much lower but didn't they do that once before didn't they do that with like the battle ram challenge where they had like two different i I forget which one it was but i feel like they did one where it was like that and it was like the same amount of wins to unlock the cards you just got more of them for one versus the other but again we're not going to harp on it that's just our opinion boom yeah i can't i can't remember but if that's true bring it back couldn't agree more all right so um speaking of the flying machine what do you think of this card now that you actually got to play it? First of all, did you use it in the challenge or did you try to give it away? I had no strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, literally had no strategy at all. Like, and I, maybe that's why I lost so bad, but I didn't know whether to keep the card, whether to give the card away. I didn't, I didn't really know. But, you know, in seeing it play, I think I would have given it away more often than taking it, you know, now mm-hmm. knowing what I know now. Right. Um, even knowing what I know now, I still gave it away, and I don't really know why. I guess I just didn't really understand how to play it. I thought that I could counter it better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, so, so what do you think of this card? I mean, essentially, it's a flying cannon, but it's not a building. It's a troop. What kind of impact do you think that this is going to have on the game? Small impact? Large impact? No impact? So, I feel like this card, like, like you said before, it, it, it is a cannon. It's a flying cannon. It is a troop, so it's not a building. It's ranged, and it obviously attacks both ground and air. It's four cost, right? So in theory, it's the same cost as a musketeer. Mm -hmm. My issue with this card is that it dies to a fireball. It does pretty decent damage, you know, per second, um, more than a dart goblin. And and that kind of makes sense, right? Like the dart goblin is three cost, Mm -hmm. um, and it's also a ground troop. And, you know, it it doesn't give you the same damage per second as, you know, this four cost flying machine. You know, the the upside to a flying machine is that by using a dart goblin, you can get a negative elixir trade, right? Because I can throw the dart goblin down and you can throw a log and effectively gain one elixir on me, right? Right. It, you know, the flying machine is similar. So in theory, it's plus one cost, but it can't die to a log. also can't die to arrows, but it does die to a fireball. And actually pretty sure it also dies to a to a poison now that I think about that as well. So basically it dies to a four cost fireball and a four cost poison. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now get this. Why would you use a four cost flying machine? Sure, it flies and it can avoid ground troops or whatever, but why would you use a four cost flying machine when you can just use a musketeer it does more damage per second and it doesn't die to a fireball sure it dies to a poison but it does not die to a fireball right and yeah and what's weird is that i mean you're in theory giving your opponent super value if you just play this thing alongside any other troop especially when it comes to a fireball damage and get this if the flying machine is mirrored past one level higher than 20 caps Mm -hmm. a level seven fireball will still kill the level eight flying machine that's so interesting i never even thought about that so if you think about it a level seven fireball will not kill a level seven musketeer but it kills the flying machine at the same level and one level higher than the fireball it just doesn't make any sense to me right which kind of makes me think that eventually that's going to change um 
I'm surprised they didn't catch it while they were testing the card, to be to be honest. I mean, you you saw that just seeing the card for a couple days. Right. But I think that there's I think that there was some logic there, right? Like, I think the rationale for why it dies to a fireball is that this thing is a flying troop, but it's a flying troop. But I mean, so is the baby dragon and that thing doesn't die to a fireball and that's four cost. Does the mega minion die to a fireball? No, the Mega Minion's three costs and it doesn't die to a fireball. It's direct hmm. damage. Now, the thing is, is that the Mega Minion has to get much closer to the target, right? right. Like the, the, the range on the Mega Minion is significantly less than the flying machine. But I still don't think that that difference is fireball worthy, right? Like it just makes the card feel too weak for the purpose that it serves. I'm still trying to figure out, and I don't really understand what its role is yet. Like, what would you use this card with? Like, is this the type of card that you're going to throw down behind, like, tanky units so that it just kind of does quick damage over and over and over again while your other units absorb? Yeah, I think it's a mix, right? Like, I think this card is a mix between the Dark Goblin. It's a flying Dark Goblin mixed with a, with a, with like a Musketeer feel. Like, it's a really great way to describe this card. I'm pretty sure it's being operated by a goblin, by the way. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's true, but I just, I just know that it feels long-ranged, quick attack. So, like, Musketeer, Dart Goblin, although it's flying, and dies mm-hmm. to a fireball. That part gets me annoyed a little bit. So, I ultimately think that this thing right now is going to have a small impact on the meta. I think that it's going to be a, uh, a behind-the-tank DPS kind of feel, feel-out card. It's going to support the mm-hmm. tank. Um, and you know, if, if it does lock on the tower, it's going to do very good damage. To be honest with you, I just don't think it'll ever lock onto the tower. It's going to be like the dark goblin. It's one of those cars that just, it will not hit the tower unless, unless someone's out of spells. Yeah, it's a good point. You keep comparing it to the dark goblin and I don't disagree with you. I actually like that comparison. Um, it kind of makes me wonder if it kind of makes me wonder if they should give it a little bit more range. For its attack because then then it would be worth uh that fireball you know attack trade there that you were talking about before i wonder if that's the way to to kind of tweak the card a little bit because i don't know i mean you can give it more hit points but maybe they want it to die from a fireball because of what it can do from the air but i think they think it does more than what it actually does that's my humble opinion yeah, no, that, that's what I think it is, right? Like, I think that, I think it's too weak at the current moment. And I think it can die to a fireball so long as it does more before it dies. And I just don't think at the current moment it does anything, you know, worth having before it dies. Yeah, I, I like the idea of giving it an extra tile for, uh, for attack distance. I think that'd be kind of cool, like a flying dark goblin. Yeah, not like a full tile, just like a half. Right now it's at six attack like range and the Dark Goblin's at 6.5. So that's part of my rationale. You know, right now it has the distance or the range of a musketeer, but it attacks relatively quickly, like every second. So it's like a mix between the musketeer and the Dark Goblin. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> no, I, I, I 100% agree with you with that. So in short... Flying machine, four cost, flying troop, mixed between the musketeer and the dark goblin, dies to a fireball, even if it's mirrored, and <laughs> we think it'll have a small impact on the meta, and will be a DPS thing, where if it locks on the tower, it does pretty good damage, but we think it's a little bit too weak for the current meta. Boom. I feel like we just successfully completed our first card spotlight without actually calling it that. Boom. I, I think that's true. Bravo, good sir. Bravo. 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 Yeah, we got to do more of these. I like, let's just pick a card next week and just run with it. See what impact it has, what it serves. Maybe, I mean, knowing Supercell, maybe there'll be a new card that comes out in a couple weeks, right? Huh? Huh? Probably. Maybe next month. Bada, bada, boom. Bada, bada, boom. All right, Joe, so you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for a meta check. Meta check. So our boy Devin, Lord Christmas sends us another well-put-together meta check. Joe, what's he got for us this week? Dude, so our boy Devin came up with the coolest new way to look at the meta check. Are you ready? I'm ready. So in the past, we haven't really focused on decks. We've always focused on specific cards in the meta, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, this time around, we're going to check out 
a deck that has popped up about 30% of the top tippity top of the ladder. Are you ready? I'm ready. That's a big percentage. Of the top 25 decks, this thing was around seven or eight of them. This specific deck, it consists of the Hog Rider, the Mini P.E.K.K.A., the Princess, Ice Golem, Bats, Ice Spirit, the Rocket, and the Log. Ooh. Now, this deck is really, really good. It's clearly really good, seeing as the top, tippity top of the ladder plays it, right? It's obviously a Hog Cycle deck. It uses the Mini P.E.K.K.A. as defense for whatever's coming its way. The princess is out and about. The ice golem is there. It's got the bats. We said the ice spirit. Now let's keep in mind, if you remember the last episode that we did, the meta check talked about how much the bats were becoming super prominent in the meta. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Well, with the bats comes counters to the bats, albeit the princess, the ice golem, and the ice spirit. The cool thing about those is that all three of them are cycle cards and the princess actually requires your opponent to usually use a spell to get rid of her. Right. The hog rider just allows you to cycle. And the cool thing is that you can cycle the hog rider, but you can also cycle the rocket. The log in this deck is super useful, right? Because the log, in theory, people would argue should probably be replaced with the zap, seeing as the bats and the minions and those kinds of things are becoming so prominent. Mm -hmm. But that's not really required if the deck contains the princess, the ice golem, and the ice spirit, right? So the log allows your hog rider to get closer to the tower and displaces any troops that are trying to stop him. This deck sounds like a real punisher, man. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but like you said, it's at the tippity top, and that's certainly not where I am. So let's cover a different deck. We're, we're not going to go through this deck, but another deck that's at the tippy top of the ladder is a different version of the Loblin that we discussed a couple episodes back. The cool right. thing about the Loblin is that it uses the princess. This version is a little bit different. It swaps out a couple of cards, but the root of it contains Log Bait, right? Mm -hmm. One of the main cards in Log Bait is the princess. So as you can tell, the princess uptick in use rates is just gone up tremendously, mostly in part due to the bats coming out. With the bats coming out, people are using the zap more often and they're not using the log as much. If they're not using the log as much, people aren't generating a plus one elixir trade whenever they kill the princess. Interesting. And if they're not killing the princess with a log, they usually resort to killing the princess with a fireball or a poison or the arrows. If they choose the arrows, it's a wash, right? Three for three. But if they're using the poison and or the fireball, that's a minus one elixir trade. So in theory, most people went from using the log and gaining plus one elixir to kill the princess to actually losing elixir when they kill her now because that's just what kinds of decks are out there. Yeah, it seems a little backwards to me. I, I would definitely choose the wash option, which would be the arrows. All right, so is there anything else that happened in this meta check other than decks? Yeah, but this one is not in the current day. I guess it's over the course of about six months of data that we compiled that Devin looked up and said, what are the overall use rates of our cards? And based on those use rates, are any of these cards underrated? So he came up with a list of underrated cards. Are you ready? I am ready. The Mega Minion, the Ice Spirit, hmm. Fireball, Minions, the Miner, Electro Wizard, and the Tornado. Ooh, I did not see that one coming at all. The other ones maybe, but like... Hmm, that's really interesting. You know which one I didn't see coming? I didn't see the Electro Wizard coming. I th you want to talk about underrated? I feel like that card is super powerful and people really know the value that it can bring. I mean, g given these meta checks and this data compilation is all based on the top, top players in the top, top ladder, right? So, right. So our experience can be very different than what these people are experiencing. Right. And, you know, I mean, I love the Mega Minion. I think it's fantastic. But, you know, pros that are much better at this game than I'll ever be may not have a good use for that card or just may think that there's a better card out there to serve a similar purpose. Right. Like I consistently get smacked in the face with fireballs, but that clearly isn't the case at the top of the, uh, the ladder. 
I couldn't agree more with what you just said. <laughs> it's true, though. Anything else? Nope, that's all the things that we wanted to point out. But as always, we will put the meta check that Devin compiled into the show notes. That way anyone can take a look at the data, take a look at the figures, and let us know if you have any questions. Boom. Boom. And speaking of boom, it's time for another Boom It or Move It. Oh, yeah. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, or maybe this is the first time you're listening to the show, this is the segment of the show where Joe and I rattle off a bunch of different topics uh, fairly quickly, and we either boom it, we like it, or we don't like it, so we'll move it. This week is a little bit different, though, and it's a little special, something that we hold near and dear to our hearts. So, we have a channel in our Discord called The Think Tank, and this is essentially just for anyone in our Discord to kind of come up with things, so to speak, and their ideas that they want to see in the game. So, Joe and I have compiled a list of some of the ones that were from the channel, and we want to do a Boom It or Move It. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Number one. Cards that impact the effect of other cards. For example, a spell or a troop that does more damage to a unit that is frozen or slowed or poisoned, etc. Boom it or move it. Dude, bada bada boom. Could you imagine the intricacies that this could allow or deck <laughs> making? True. Like, how awesome would it be to have like an ice lance spell where if the ice wizard slowed down a troop with his frost attack, you could use the ice lance spell to do triple damage to that one card and otherwise it's like a one cost ice lance that does very little bits of damage to any other kind of troop but if it's slowed via frost or frozen it does triple the damage and you get super crazy value out of it that's actually a really cool idea i could see some sick decks showing up if uh you run the freeze spell and you had that ridiculous frozen lance thing that you were just talking about. I don't know how you got to triple damage, though. That seems so intense. Oh, dude, there's only one way to ball, and that is hard. You go for the you right. go for the paint. That's true. That's true. All right. I don't even know what that means, but I just said it. Uh, well, I'm blindly agreeing with you, so let's go to number two. All right, so get this. How about if there was a haste spell, a card that acts similar to the rage spell, but does not buff attack speed. Instead, it only buffs movement speed. And because of that, it would cost two instead of three. Boom it or move it. You know what's really funny? I was actually going to say move it because it, I just read haste spell. But then when you explained it, I'm 100% booming this. This is amazing. I actually think that they should have something like this and it should be slightly different than the rage spell. I think that's a great idea. That is a phenomenal idea for this game. I totally agree. I feel like I feel like the rage spell is good, but it offers a very specific type of use, right? Increase attack speed, increase movement speed. But it's three costs, so it's a pretty big commitment. Well, what if you only had to spend two costs and just buff up the speed of your troops? It's not going to increase how quickly they attack. So in theory, not increasing damage over time, i.e. a quick smack in the face, it's just your troops get to the tower quicker or they get to yeah. the other troops quicker or whatever, whatever it is. Avoid a fireball. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely troops in this game that definitely do not move quickly across the field. So if you just wanted to get them a little bit closer to where they needed to go, this could do that. However, I will say with the one caveat, I don't think that this should be able to be stacked with a rage. I think that would be ridiculous. Totally agree. Just like the rages currently don't stack on top of one another, this can't stack up on the rage. I'm with you. Boom. So, number three. How would you like a troop that was an earth spirit? It costs one elixir, tunnels to the nearest ground troop, and does small area damage and pushback, which would also reset targeting. Boom it or move it. I'm so skeptical about this one, man. Like, I want to say boom it so bad because it would be so awesome to have, like, the fire spirit and the ice spirit and the earth spirit. But at the same time, I just feel like it's a lot of value for two, for like one cost, right? Like one cost can burrow under the ground and do a small damage effect to an, a small area and push back the troops. Now, don't get me wrong. The 
ice spirit can freeze troops right and in theory reset targeting mm -hmm. but the ice spirit is also above ground so the ice spirit can be killed by spells like the arrows the poison can be killed by splash damage etc if this card is going under the ground it can't be targeted by spells so I feel like this card would one have to be two cost and two have to be a rare card because I feel like it's pretty impactful. Yeah, it's a fair point. So are you officially moving it? I'm going to say I move it. <clears throat> I, I don't want to say I move it, but like I, <laughs> I move it. It's all right. Uh, mm, maybe they can get rid of the pushback thing and maybe like when it comes out of the ground, especially if you're you're charging two elixir for this thing, comes out of the ground and it like wraps some vines around a unit and it just holds it there for a split second. So then would it not? Oh my gosh, get this, dude. Two cost, rare card. When it comes up from the ground, it roots things down, right? Yes. Including it rooting down air troops and allows ground troops to, to attack them for like two seconds or something. I, th I think that that would be really cool. I think that you would probably have to uh, charge at least three elixir for, for that kind of an ability. Yeah, I feel like we're making like a super overpowered card right now, but one way or another, it would be so awesome. They just got to get the uh, rarity correct, and they would definitely need to get the cost correct because this would be such a cool, cool, cool thing, but I'm still moving it because that wasn't what was brought up. Boom. <laughs> right. We like the idea of an earth spirit. We just can't get behind the mechanics of this specific card. All right, let's move on. Number four. Ready. What we need is a 10 cost card in the game. This card cannot be mirrored. It can be a troop or a spell with devastating impact on the map. Boom it or move it. Hmm. This is a very, very tough one. I'm going to boom it. Yeah? Yeah. I don't really know why I'm going to boom it, but I, I, I think I like the, I feel like I've always wanted a card that costs 10, but the reason why I knew that it wasn't feasible is because they have the mirror caveat. And since the mechanic of this card says that it wouldn't be able to be mirrored, I think that that kind of cuts that issue away. So I don't know what the card could be though. Like what, what could cost 10 elixir? Two lava hounds? Dude, I don't know exactly, right? Like, but I, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to boom it too. And the reason why is because I want to know what a 10 cost card would be in this game more than I like the fact that one currently doesn't exist. And that's why I'm booming it. I like it. All right. So number five, are you ready? I'm ready. We need a minion spawner, a spawner of minion troops. Boom it or move it. Move it. What? Move it. What? Move it. Why? Move it so hard. Why? I don't want anything else in this game that spawns any troops. I'm done with spawners. <laughs> and you know what? For good measure, for good measure, I'm moving it again. No, you can't do that. Well, I mean, I guess you, that's your right. That's the whole point of boom it or move it. But... I don't agree at all. I would so whoever whoever wrote this because neither of us remember who wrote these things. I, I am a hundred percent on your side. I have always wanted like a I don't know what it is, but like a cloud or like a tree that just has these things inside of them and it just like you know spits them out every so often. I think that'd be great. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I feel like at one point I think we had something similar of an idea like a a spawner air troop kind of building, but. At the same time, knowing what I know now and how frustrating it is to play against spawner decks, I just I can't get behind it. So I, I'm sorry, man, but but I'm gonna move it and I'm gonna and I'm gonna drop the mic and walk away. All right, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's tweak this a little bit. I want to see if I can get you to boom it. What if it wasn't a minion spawner? What if it was a bat spawner? Much easier to deal with in terms of the level of troop. What do you think of that? Do I get it? Do I get a half boom? Do I get a I'll B give you, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll, and I'll think about it. <laughs> Good. I'll take that. That's fine. That's better than a, a solid move. All right. Let's move on to the last one. Are you ready? I am ready. Our girl Sparky needs a buff in order to be viable. Boom it or move it. I mean, this one's kind of obvious, right? I feel like this is a definite boom it. Do I want it to happen? No, because I'm tired of the card. And when I see it, I just don't want to deal with it because it's just a waste of my rocket when I use my Mortar Mauler deck. But the statement says Sparky needs a buff to be viable. That is a fact. 
there's no, there's no boom it or move in there. It's just, it is totally a boom it there. I think I'm going to play devil's advocate here. No, nope, can't do that. Not I, on this one, not on the last one. I think I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I feel like this is a trick boom it or move it question because to be honest with you, dude, Sparky is viable at lower level arenas. It's at higher level hmm. arenas that she's not viable. So I feel like if you buff her now and make her viable at higher levels, she's going to be way too overpowered at the lower level arenas and she'll overtake the meta there. It'll be impossible to beat her. And, you know, maybe she just needs, you know, I don't know if it's buffed necessarily, but maybe it's just reworked. And I don't know if Supercell is going to do that. So I'm going to move this just because I think she's currently viable. I think a lot of people play her like she's played a lot at the lower level arenas. And when she's played in those arena levels, she wins. It's just, as you get higher, the use rates go down because people can counter her better. No, that's fair. Maybe, I mean, maybe buff is too strong a word. Maybe it just needs to be tweaked a little bit. You know, maybe she needs to be a little bit more balanced. Maybe they need to tweak a couple of things like her hit points or just a little bit more damage from her, or maybe her charge takes a little bit less time to shoot off. Who knows? But you don't need to make her ridiculous in order to, you know, to make her better. I move it. All right. I'll let you, I'll let that one slide. You can move it. I think we, uh... (laughs) We, we we did pretty good on that round. Um, and a huge thank you to everyone that sent those into the Think Tank. Uh, so this goes to show we definitely read this stuff. So keep it coming. Um, and hopefully we'll get to do this again on another show for another Boom It or Move It. Boom. Boom. Are you ready for some chests? Let's do it. I don't have many. I have a clan chest and a crown chest. I apologize for having zero big dogs. I have a clan, a crown, and a big dog, which unfortunately means that I have to go first. Yes! Thank you! Alright, are we doing clan or crown first? I think we need to do crown first. Okay. Crown chest. Level 10. Five cards. 584 gold. Okay. Three gems. Nice. They heard you complaining about how much it costs to play the challenge this week, and they were like, ah, we'll just give him a couple gems. Maybe <laughs> he could, he'll, he maybe could he'll use these up. gems. <laughs> <laughs> Seven elite barbarians. Oh. 21 goblin gang. 46 ice spirit mortar mauler, baby. Yeah. And eight, oh my, eight bomb towers. Ugh. See, now there's a card that needs a buff. If there's a card that's no longer viable, that's the card. I don't know, man. I I still feel like that card is pretty decent in lower-level arenas. I think it's terrible at higher-level arenas, but it's just like, how do you find the right balance between things that are not that good at higher-level arenas but are really good lower-level? Like, how do you find that balance? Tough. Hmm, yeah. Well, crown chest, level 10. Are you ready? I've been ready. 626 gold. It's more than me. Right. But I got two gems. Less than me. 11 zaps. <laughs> Eight bomb towers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How's it feel, bro? How's it feel? 62 royal GGs. Man. I need to start praising the card so they stop giving it to me. Yes. And one cannon card. That's which good. I will happily put into my pocket. I'll take it. Boom. All right. So clan chest. That would be the next chest. All right. Clan chest, level 10, Lego. 1,620 gold. Three musketeers. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. I'm confused. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that's confused now. Three singular musketeers. <laughs> okay. All right. 24 ice spirits. All right. 50 regular barbarians. Thank you for clarifying. I appreciate it. You're welcome. 11 inferno towers. That's pretty good. All right. 13 giants. Hmm. 166 goblin gang. Not not too bad. And yeah. three balloons. I'm a fan. That was actually not Ooh. too bad. I love the ice spirits and the balloons. 
Giants are pretty good. Inferno Towers are swaggy McJagger sauce. And uh, the Barbarians <laughs> could be a little bit better, but it's fine. All right. So then I guess it's my clan chest. Let's do it. Level 10, because there's no other way to open up a clan chest. 1,620 gold. Six bats. Okay. Not bad. 27 zaps. I'm sensing a theme here. Yep. Zaps, bats. 29 Tesla Towers. Lots of electricity going on here. <laughs> the theme is strong. Seven Musketeers. And there's no confusion what card I'm talking about, I hope. Correct. 20 Bomb Towers! <laughs> Holy moly! Come on! Oh, that's horrible, dude. <laughs> wow, I just felt my head explode. What was that? Why? All right, whatever. I, I gotta move on. Two... Expos. Nice. I'm gonna throw my phone, bro. Tell me. A hundred and seventy-seven elite barbarians. <laughs> oh man, dude, this is a terrible chest for you. Literally, the only thing that I got that was pretty good was the gold. All that hard work that <laughs> your clan put in for that chest, and you got nothing. I blame it on myself. It's definitely not my clan's fault. I'm sure they got good stuff and I just didn't. All right. I've got a big dog. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do I need to get the drums ready? I'm not sure what that means, but it's a giant chest. So here we go. Drum roll, man. Come on. We're hoping for a legendary. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. Drum roll me up, dude. Well, I'll do it when we get to the, to the so to speak, legendary. We'll see what happens. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Giant chest. Lego. 860 gold. Okay. I missed the day when we got thousands of gold from that, but whatever. 59 elite barbarians. <laughs> ah, right back at you, man. You know what they say about karma. One skeleton army, 169 bats. Hey, that's pretty good. And 58 furnaces. All right. Too bad you don't use the furnace, but that's pretty good. Yeah, that could have been that could have been better, but I definitely didn't even get close to a legendary. This chest was a little I feel like this whole chest segment was just lacklustered. It was a wash. You want me to uh you want me to cut it from the show, Joe? Nah, I don't think so. Got to give the people what they want. They yell for chest openings. We gave it to them, good and bad. Right. We don't make right. stuff up here. We just give you what we get. <laughs> right. Right. This is this is the truth session of chest openings. Boom. Uh, I got nothing else. I've got nothing else either, but that was a miserable chest opening, and I hope next time is significantly better. Well, to be fair, I got two gems out of it, and you got three, so we got gems. We're winning. That's it. That's all we needed. Now just give us a, a ten-gem challenge, Supercell. Let's do it. So, it's time for our... Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight? And this week, we actually have a deck from one of our members of our Discord who goes by the name Kaiser Sose. Kaiser Sose. So the deck is obviously named Kaiser Sose because you can't get cooler than that in terms of names, right? Totally agree. All right. So this deck's a 4.0 average elixir cost deck, and it contains the Lava Hound, the Furnace, the Minions, Inferno Dragon, Goblins, Lightning, Miner, and the Mega Minion. So, I don't really know how to play this deck. I'm sure you know how to play this deck, because Kaiser talked to you about it for quite some time. Do you mind teaching me? Yeah, man. So this deck is super, super good. If you're doing classic challenges, I wouldn't take this thing into the grand challenge just yet, because I don't know it that well. But in classic challenges, it'll get you somewhere between 8 to 10 wins. And if you really figure the deck out, it can definitely get you to 12. So here's how you play the deck. This deck is an ultimate beatdown style deck. It's not your Golem Lightning deck, but it's your Lava Hound Lightning deck. Woof. Whoop. No, actually, I should say, oh! Clever, Rob. You like that? Very, very clever. That's all I got. Are you done now? <laughs> well, I mean, you got the Hall Rider. I need to have something. All right, so every time that we say Lava Hound, you're just going to howl? I'm going to make so many people mad, but yes. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So you sound, sounds so enthused. Sorry so, to interrupt. Keep going. This deck has the lava hound in it. Oh! The lava hounds in it. Oh! 
<laughs> okay, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna call it the lava from now on. You called it the lava lava. All oh, right, all right, so it's got the lava lava, yeah, all right. Go with that, as long as you don't say hound. Ow! All right, <laughs> let's get back <laughs> to the deck spotlight. All right, sorry guys, I'm just joking around. Joe, continue with Kaiser Soze. Most of the time with a lava hound deck, you would be inclined to see arrows or a poison or a zap or a fireball, something that can kill your opponent's minions or minion horde or right. goblin gang or archers, anything that can kill not only your lava hound, but also the little pups that come out of it, right? Mm-hmm. This deck does not have that. But what it does have is the furnace. The furnace acts like your AoE splash damage spell that can kill those troops. So here's the key with this deck. Because it's a beatdown style play and it's 4.0 average elixir cost, you need to play this deck slow. You have to spend the time to build up a push, build up troops. You can't play it fast or you'll never be able to develop any kind of push that's worth attacking your opponent with. You also have to be okay taking some damage on your tower. And again, with most beatdown style decks, the reason you can take some damage on your tower is because you'll be able to deal massive amounts of more damage than your opponent can to your tower. Here is a proper push. Are you ready? Born ready, bro. Furnace goes down on whichever lane you just so happen to choose. After the furnace is down and you're gaining your elixir back, the good thing about, let me just stop right there. The good thing about the furnace is that it has chip damage, allows at least one fire spirit to get to the tower and causes your opponent to react. When they do, you're going to want to drop your lava hound in the back. Let's build up a push. That means you have a lava hound all the way in the back and a furnace spitting out fire spirits. Eventually, your lava hound is going to be far enough along the side where the fire spirits that are spawning are attacking things that are attacking your lava hound. When your opponent drops troops down, if they drop down singular troops, for example, a musketeer or a mega minion or a wizard or any other singular troop like an electro wizard, you don't want to drop down any more than you have to. Instead, prep down the lightning and just clear the path for your lava hound. It'll also allow your furnace fire spirits to not get distracted by singular troops. Like we said before, your furnace is your only key splash damage. So you want to save that guy for the minions. So if you can clear out the singular troops and allow the fire spirits to attack things like the swarmy minions or the goblin gang or the spear goblins or the archers, that's going to be your key to victory. The miner has a very specific role in this deck. A lot of times people would use the miner to attack a pump or to attack a princess or kill you know, a musketeer that might be focused on something else. And you can still do that, but the key with this deck is to ensure that you're killing the pump, but you want to time it alongside of the Lava Hound bursting into the little mini pups. What this will do is it'll allow your opponent's archer tower to attack your miner, and the miner will tank for all the little mini pups, and it'll probably cause a spell to come out from your opponent. As soon as that spell comes out from your opponent, that's when you're going to want to drop the minions down. They serve a similar purpose as the pups, but if your opponent doesn't have a spell anymore to deal with it, it makes it very difficult for them to build up a push or a counter push while defending them. The goblins have a very specific use in this deck. You don't want to drop them too soon because they're really your only ground troop that'll act as a quote-unquote swarm. A lot of people in the current meta are playing with things like the P.E.K.K.A. or the Bandit, and if you drop these too soon, you're going to run out of your only option to defend against those kinds of things. The Inferno Dragon is simply one of the easiest cards in this deck to use. You don't want to use it unless your opponent seemingly has no counter for it, or you take their counter for it out with either your Mega Minion and or your Lightning. The Inferno Dragon can be used on defense if your opponent does have things like the Golem, the Giant, you know, the Hog Rider, the P.E.K.K.A., etc. But if they don't have a good answer for your Inferno Dragon, you can always drop that bad boy behind the Lava Hound and cause a very difficult time for your opponent to figure out how to counter it. Yeah, that's a lot of troop to deal with right there when you have a Inferno Dragon behind a Lava Hound. Totally agree. And whenever you do decide to put the Inferno Dragon behind the Lava Hound, you're going to want to save your minions and or your Mega Minion to support the Inferno Dragon. You don't want to stack up all the troops because then it just becomes, you know, Spell City. 
and you'll get your opponent will get crazy good value out of it. But if you see that your opponent drops bats, you're going to want to queue up those minions almost immediately or time the Inferno Dragon's crossing of the bridge with when your furnace is spitting out fire spirits. Yeah, it's a fair point. I think the thing that I like about this deck the most is that it's a 4.0 average elixir cost deck, and I expected it to be much higher considering it has a Lava Hound in it, but the other cards, most of them all cost three, except maybe the Inferno Dragon. So And the Furnace. Um, right. I mean, in terms of troops, that's the building. So yeah. it does keep the cost relatively low for a Lava Hound deck that also runs a Lightning. Um, I think that if I was facing this... I would have to use my rocket a little bit differently. Yeah, man, no, I totally agree. And like I said, this deck packs a punch and it's super, super impactful. I mean, it t- it's not easy to use. I mean, I, I talked about it like it was simple to use, but I mean, there's so many different ways to play it depending on what kind of deck you're facing. But, you know, give it a shot. It's going to take some time to learn. But once you figure out how much damage you can actually take on your tower, you can really see that you can deal way more damage than your opponent can deal to you. You just have to pick and choose how much damage you're taking. And if you're comfortable doing that and focus on building a push as opposed to defending, good things will come your way. Boom. So that's it. I will say this to Kaiser Sose. Cheers, my dude, because he is from Australia. Hey, put another shrimp on the barbie. Another shrimp on the barbie. I never had this accent before and I don't know what I'm saying. Destroying the Australian accent because that's all we're good at when we say stuff like that. But I can say cheers very, very well. Of course you can. Boom. Um, so we got some reviews. Yeah, we did. So we got six reviews. Um, and the one review that we are going to read actually is, uh, a request. And that's why I picked it. Cause we don't usually do stuff like this. Um, or we haven't in, in a while. So this review comes to us from, how would you say that name? G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-
Um, if you'd like to join our Discord, go to castrailpodcast.com slash Discord and join in on the conversation. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash castrailpodcast. Boom. Are you ready to wrap this up? Let's wrap up this thing like a present, dude, on Christmas Eve. You, you know, just present it up. Yeah. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Bump, 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 bump. That was good. I was just going to let you keep going. I wanted to see how long you could keep going for. That's why I stopped. Good. Don't do it. So here we are. Stop. We're here at the end of the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So if there's nothing else, we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.